Hello and welcome to episode 160 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa and I'm joined as always by Matthew Figuera. The weekend special, as my friends call me. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. no one calls me that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the podcast is the weekend special. Why uh, are you the weekend special? Uh, no, nah, I'm just thinking it, we're recording on a Sunday, so, so things are things are mixed mixed up this weekend. Um, so... Yeah, <laughs> no one calls me that. Please don't call me the weekend special. I mean, I I can see that. I can see that in your heyday, like you're at a, a you know a teenage house party. You're busy saping on that good rate square, and someone there is like, "Hey, Matty," and you don't answer, and then they're like, "Hey, weekend special." And you're like, yes. I see. I, I thought of a difference. <laughs> I thought of a party, but then I it's I ring the doorbell and they open the door. They go, "Hey, the weekend special's here." <laughs> Oh, that's that'd be me. great that'd be great that's just oh but you, as long as you're rocking up with a red square that's fine exactly red square very underrated drink it's um it's heart attack in a bottle it's great but it's delicious it's i mean it's if you're gonna go out in a way at least go out drinking <laughs> the red square to, to be fair punch to the heart yeah to be fair like i mean at the time you know when we were teenagers you used to drink all those really fucking terrible coolers like you had your Smirnoffs. <laughs> you had your Red uh, Squares. What was, yeah, there was Smirnoff. Smirnoff there was another spin, one. There was Twist, which had it even like the glass was all twisty. There was Smirnoff Storm Red. Uh, oh, Brutal Fruit. Sorry, that's one I'm thinking Brutal of. Fruit. Brutal Damn, Fruit. Damn, those yeah. ones. Yeah. But like, yeah. I always, I mean, I used to like the, the Smirnoff Spins, whatever. I was going to say, do they still exist? Probably. I'm pretty sure. I haven't had one those, in probably those a decade. Were, with some some good good shirts. Those are good, but they would fucking destroy your teeth. <laughs> like the next morning, I used to think it was an alcohol thing. Like the next morning, not being able to like your teeth are like sensitive. Like you're yeah. eating breakfast and you hung over and you're just like, oh and God. every time you chew. It's, <laughs> but I've realized that it was just all the fucking acid and sugar in that drink actually good like Lord. tearing away the enamel on your teeth. As and soon as I like, I've just put another coat. Oh. <laughs> My God, it's, whew, yeah, that, that stuff was bad. And then, I don't know, eventually progressed to just like drinking beer and then, yeah, and then making your own mixes, you know, because you're like, shit, this, it's, these fucking is, is spin-offs, they're so weak normal, as hell. Is it normal to progress that way where you start off, like when you turn 18 or whatever, or whatever age you decide to start drinking, you start off with the mixes, you know, like the Sonoff Spins and the Brutal Fruits. But then is it a normal progression to, as you get older, just be like, yeah, but beer is really nice. Because I, I, I did not so. enjoy beer when I was oh. 18. Hell, yeah, 100%. I, I mean, like, I, had, I had my friends who were drinking beer and I would, you know, every now and then try and drink just to be like, you know, everyone's drinking beer, I've got to drink <laughs> beer. But that shit sucked. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> And now, yo, I, pop, I have a memory of my brother. I, I don't know where we were, but there was one one day we were out with his friends or somewhere doing something, and he had a beer, and he was just like, "There's nothing more refreshing than a beer on a hot day." And in my mind, I was like, "I will have no, a Coca Cola." Yeah, there's nothing more refreshing than a Coke. Like, mm. come on, beer tastes awful. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Now I get it. I hundred percent get mm -hmm. it. I'm like, mm, 
a crisp, beer. crisp cold <laughs> beer on a hot day is delicious. I, I had a beer yesterday afternoon. I'm like, it's hot. I'm thirsty. We cracked open a bottle. I was like, yeah, this is this is what my brother was trying to convey to a younger me many years ago. That that's the thing though. You, you say like you say thirsty. So like if I'm out and it's hot, I will have a beer, but I won't mm. get it because I'm thirsty. Then I'll have a coke. Uh well, both of them just as bad for you. That's also true. Just as bad thirst, for thirst. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, 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 I never consider beer a like thirst quenching thing. It's more like I a, know it's, this is refreshing. It's yeah, refre- refreshing is the right word. It's just like mm. ah, <laughs> it's some I, good stuff. I really miss having beer on tap, especially Guinness. I haven't had a Guinness on tap in I must is, say, fast yeah, approaching like one and a half years, and it's yeah, me that's sad. one of my favorite things. Eating out is like, hey, what do you have on tap? Oh, yeah, let me get. I was those. so depressed, like. One of the first places we went to, once we could, once we felt comfortable going out uh, to restaurants, we went to a steakhouse, a nearby called the Grill House, and I was like, "Oh, do you have Guinness?" And they were like, "Yes," and I was like, "I'll have a Guinness." And I, in my mind, I'm like that means I have it on tap, and they brought it in a can, and I was like, "No," <laughs> like it's like still good, no. but it's nowhere near as good. And I was just like, "It's not the same." Yeah. yeah. It's, well, um, you could you could just be it's funny how my my brothers are. Uh, Coffee, coffee love just has transcended to the point where his wife got him a beer tap for his birthday this year. Like oh a full on. Yeah, that is he, amazing. Mm, so he's so told me that in times he, yeah, he just has like the first keg. I think he's having a beer a day, and he's like, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> God damn! Didn't you? I mean, at your your place, your old place, um, you had a bar there. Did you ever have? We a, we a never had it. No, we never had a. a Beer on tap or anything, but we we had supply of stuff. I remember <laughs> you had you always had always a lot beer. Yeah, it was so funny though because my my mom always just had beers. Like if if we were having people over, mm. my mom would be like, "What does this specific cousin like?" <laughs> like I'll buy them a case. Uh, it's like uh, I think they like for like as an example, Smirnoff Spin bars like literally like a six pack or two six packs. I'm like, but. This Listen, is the, she's the, expecting the only, them to get lit. <laughs> the only person who drinks that is ex-cousin, whatever. But okay, now we've just got it in the bar. <laughs> okay, what, what beer does everyone like? I think, you know, Castle Light always a good middle ground and like Amstel. Bars cases of each. Like, oh my God, this is just too much now. <laughs> I, can't, I, what are we going to do with I all of this? I seriously missed out. I could have come to your house and your you, mom would have been like, what do you like to drink? I'd be like, Bitcoin. She would have been like, <laughs> whoops! Out cases of Bitcoin. Like, yeah, wow, where did? Like, how did you even do that? <laughs> <laughs> she she winks. She's like, I bought these when they're on special, like five years ago. <laughs> Good lord! She wow. just gave me your inheritance, essentially. <laughs> Shit. Imagine, yeah. I would, yeah. But, a beer on tap would be nice to have at home. I I think because it's like, you know, you you can have one whenever. I think it's well. I actually don't know. I'm talking on my ass here, but I. I imagine it's a bit of maintenance. I don't. I don't actually know because oh, you know what? <clears throat> You're right. There's a little bit of um, of maintenance in the sense that you can't just um, you know plug it into a keg and it works. I think there's like a whole separate gas. Yeah, there's like a compressor um, with gas. Compressor, yeah, like, yeah, that you obviously have to maintain. Oh, I mean, not maintain, but you know, keep it's like an a eye fridge on almost stuff. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that, but I mean. But there's nothing know. cooler. Like you have someone come to your house and you're like, "Do you want a beer?" And they're like, "Yes." And you just like, let me tell you, when boy. when I'm 
when I'm fully vexed, um, well, when we fully vexed, I'm looking forward to going to my brother's place and having a brow or something and just what uh, what beer. what cake did you buy? What sort of beer? Uh, Castle Lout. Mm. Now and I assume you give, actually save money because like it's you're it's buying like, bulk. I, okay, I'm thumb sucking now, but I think a cake like that is somewhere like 400, 500 rand, Your, but it's, and it's like, like what, five 30 liters. liters. Oh, is it 30 no, liters? it's a lot. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so that's like, that's like 12 rand a liter. That's crazy. It's, no, no, it's that, like 100, and, look, call it like one, no? Oh, no, yeah, you're right, yeah. It's like 12 rand a liter or something. Yo, normally you pay... What you'd pay twenty something rand for a five hundred mil? Mm. Like, actually, I was I was ter- I was shocked when I went to um, when I left uh, Discovery Bank. We had like a small, like a farewell thing at the Hard Rock Cafe in uh, uh, Santon, uh, Santon City, and I got there early and I went to the bar to have a beer and I got a I got a Castle Light on tap. Uh, you know, like a pint, mm. and what? Are, what's that? Like five hundred mils? I they charged me forty-two rand for that. What for a pint? That's They're crazy. fucking crazy. It's Castle Light. Yeah. This is not some <laughs> fucking import beer. What is this nonsense? <laughs> so yeah, your your brother's getting that at twelve rand a pint. No, actually less because it's Way twelve rand less. per liter. So like it's like six, six rand. rand. <laughs> what a time the to be alive. Savings. The savings. <laughs> My lord. Yeah. Um, let's check yeah. on chat we talk about kegs uh, sometimes one, one day we'll record Matty <laughs> doing a handstand and drinking from a keg you know, like, like the, in the, we- the weekend special the, we- chug. the weekend special yes <laughs> <laughs> my god watch him uh, chug <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got uh, quite a few uh, it's silly season in terms of games and um, very likely the reason this episode's a bit late uh, is yep. to Hit an embargo um, for Deathloop. Mm-hmm. Arcane or Xbox Game Studios' first PS5 exclusive. Oh um, boy. <laughs> as weird <laughs> as that sounds. Um, so, Deathloop is Arcane Leon. Arcane has uh, two studios, I think. So, this is uh, Leon, which I think is the team, if I'm not mistaken, that did Prey, uh, not the Dishonored series. Um, but it is for all intents and purposes, a arcane game. If you've played Dishonored or if you've played Prey, you know what the gameplay sort of feels like here. Um, although I do feel like this is arcane's best attempt at making a shooter as opposed to a, ah, it's still an immersive sim in my view, Mm. but it feels to me, it feels a lot better as a shooter because Dishonored, you had ranged weapons. Uh, mm. But you, it was never felt like a shooter. And Prey was a shooter, but felt different. Why am I not moving in this footage? Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> You're busy thinking about life. I'm like watching mm. my footage. I'm like, what, what was I doing? Was I looking at my phone or something? Um, so, so if you've seen the many, 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 many trailers uh, that this game has had over the past year, um, you should understand the core premise. You're, uh, you play as Colt. And you are stuck in a a loop, uh, so to speak, uh, on this island called Black Reef, and you don't know at you know at first glance you don't know why you're there. You don't even know why there's a loop, but you understand that you're aware of the loop, and pretty much everyone on the island is aware of it. Uh, 
they all uh, know that every day time resets. And that's why shit is kind of weird on this island. They kind of do what they want because there's no real consequence. Time's going to reset, yeah. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no consequence to what's oh happening. Um, you just murdered Jim Carrey's the mask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does look like the mask, yeah. Um, so they are also aware that you are here and you are trying to break the loop. Um, and because everyone kind of doesn't want to go back to, I guess, a normal life, they mm. are trying to prevent you from breaking the loop. Um, there's a lot more to the story that you find out fairly early on, but I don't want to really talk about it concerning, sure. you know, like Cole and um, the main antagonist in the game, Juliana, who is sort of the person that hunts you down every now and then. Uh, she will like enter the area you're in and like be a much, much more um, dangerous threat um, because she has powers and she Ooh. can really just fuck your shit up really quickly. Uh, so they, they have a relationship. They talk fairly frequently throughout the game and their banter is really good. Uh, mm. You get hints of them having a, a rapport uh, before the game has started. So it's sort of like peeling back the layers of why she takes such satisfaction in killing you why she's so adamant to stop you from breaking the loop and your entire role within all of that. So okay. from a story perspective, it's quite interesting because I'm like still kind of like learning, you know, why, why am I here? What is actually happening on this island? How did we get here? And what is my role in this entire thing? Um, but the, the, the crux of, of oh God, uh, the crux of the <laughs> gameplay is you have to break this loop and the only way to do that is by killing eight uh, what they call visionaries. Mm -hmm. And they are like eight citizens that uh, keep the loop stable, so to speak. Um, they all have powers. They are all surrounded by a lot of uh, protection because everyone understands that they are crucial to keeping the loop alive. Um, and you've got to figure out a way to kill all eight within one loop. You have to destabilize okay. the loop um, uh, all at once and that is a bit tricky because uh so the structure of this isn't that you have one big open world to explore uh you actually have four districts of black reef uh to explore at any given time and when you select a district to explore you are in that district for that time of day uh, mm -hmm. uh time doesn't really progress while you're in the district but as soon as you leave then time will move okay. from morning to new, uh, noon or noon to afternoon and noon, uh, noon uh, afternoon to night. Mm. So you've got four times of day. Um, and the districts change based on the time of day that you explore them in. And the people that are in each district change according to the time of day too. So okay. at the very beginning, it almost seems impossible. You're like, I have eight targets. And at any given time, there's only one in each district. So already just doing the numbers there, you're like, I can only get four. You know, mm. how am I going to get eight? How do you get, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ooh. a lot of the, the early game is about experimentation. Uh, the game is very good at guiding you towards the next big discovery. So you always have what they call leads, which uh, gives mm. you like information on your targets. And it says... They are, you know, a target like a target I killed yesterday, Fear. She will always be in this place in the afternoon. So you can, you can go there and kill her. 
Um, but in doing so, you probably learn a bit more about her habits. You learn, oh, actually, she's also in this district at this time. And, mm. oh, coincidentally, she's there when this other person is there, yeah. you know, okay. so to speak. So it's like, okay, so how do I, you know, devise a way to get both of them? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't feel lost at any point. I'm never looking at... Uh, it, it's funny, the uh, the sort of leads reminds me of Outer Wilds in a way because it's like, mm. uh, it's almost like uh, entries on a board that are connected by string. Um, so you like zoom out and you see this big like mind map of possibilities and then you like hone in on like mm. what is next okay. that I can work on. Um, additionally, the visionaries are the ones that have uh, what they call slabs, which are what give you <laughs> your powers. Chocolate slabs, yeah. Chocolate slabs. Mm. Um, so you can see yeah, I'm busy using like a sort of Blink, which if you've yeah. played Dishonored should be very familiar. It's almost identical to how Blink works there. I think it's called Shift here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you can only have two at a time, and they are, unlike Dishonored, they are an equipable item like a weapon. So every oh, time you okay. choose to go into a district, you can change your loadout. So you've got to choose which two powers you take in, which three weapons uh, you take in, stuff like that. But you only get the weapons by killing a visionary. So at the beginning, you have nothing. So I, at this point in the game, with the footage that you're seeing now, if you're watching the video, I've killed about three visionaries and I've stolen their slabs. Um, so that's why I have access uh, to these powers. And then if you kill a visionary that you've already killed, uh, you pick up upgrades for those powers. So for instance, one of the powers I have uh, is the ability to stay invisible. And an upgrade to that is like, if I kill someone while I'm invisible, they won't leave a trace uh, that they were there. Because enemies enemies in this game disappear when they die, but they leave like, I don't know, mm. like ethereal smoke. And that will <laughs> alert alert other enemies that something has happened yeah. there and you can't get rid of that smoke. It's not like you okay. can hide a body or something. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, there's benefit to like, okay, I haven't figured out how to stop the loop here, but I'm going to go here and kill this visionary again so I get this upgrade or mm. I'm going to go to this area because uh, if I kill this person, I'll get this weapon, um, stuff like that. But it is still a roguelite. So, yeah, I was gonna say that that to me, just from what you've said, it it incentivizes you to replay certain bits because yes. I mean, imagine you kill visionary and it's like cool, cool, you got the power, but you kind of have to kill them again because you're obviously trying to break the loop. Yes. So it's cool that they've given you a reason. It's like no, you do it because you like you've said, you just get an upgrade or something different. Um, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So there there is incentive to to kill them multiple times. Um, and so after each loop, um, so th there's two ways where in which the loop resets, if you get to the end of the night, then it just resets you back mm. to the morning or every time, every time you're in a district, you've got something called reprise. Uh, and if you die three times then the loop resets, so it's kind okay. of, it's kind of forgiving where. If you die, it will just like rewind you back probably like two minutes and you get to mm. go again. Um, and you, you get that chance like three times and it resets for every time of day. So yeah. it's not like punishing in a roguelike sort of way, like one mistake completely resets you. Um, yeah. But so what was I saying? So yeah, those are the two ways that things reset. But 
to keep equipment from one run to the next, you use a resource called Residium. Oh, God. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that is something that you can collect off. Uh, I'm sure you've seen in some of the footage, there's items yeah. that are shimmering, so mm. you can absorb it from them. And also visionaries that you kill, uh, you get large amounts of Residium there. And then in between your missions, um, in your loadout, you can use Residium to basically infuse a weapon. And that means that it's always in your loadout every single run. Every time. Okay. Yeah. So you do that with weapons. You do that with slabs, your powers. You do that with slab upgrades because the upgrades are equipable. They don't just change your slab. You have to equip them on the slab. So you have to infuse the upgrades as well. Mm. Um, that's the same with weapon upgrades, which are just like little modifiers. And the same with character upgrades. So there's a lot that you can infuse during each run. And you've got a very limited amount of residium each run. So mm. you've got to make very smart make, choices about choices, what, yeah. what you think is very valuable to you. And there are some things that are valuable in some cases and very useless in others. Like in this footage now, I have a character upgrade which makes me immune to toxic gas, like you can see. Yeah. Which is really useful for this particular visionary kill, but is absolutely useless for pretty much everything Anywhere else. else. Yeah. So do I burn all that residium to keep this and potentially lose that on a weapon or, you know, mm. something like that? I found most of the time that just burning my residium on powers is the most useful thing in the world because the powers really do give you the ability mm. to do incredible things but i think the more i play the more i realize uh that eventually i'm just going to have to figure out ways where i can bundle kills together like two for ones mm. um yeah. and and kind of that that's how i'm going to break the loop and there's a lot more to just in this case here i killed harriet who's one of the visionaries and she's to me one of the more straightforward ones because you see, I alerted her to the fact that I was there and she didn't really run away. Um, she was still just chilling there. Yeah, she was chill like she was ready to fight me, but she was chilling. I have fought other ones where it is much harder, firstly, to get to them. And mm -hmm. also, if they know you're there, things happen. Um, okay. I'm not going to say much more because it really does give away some really cool some surprises. Stuff. But <laughs> I would say, like, if you saw this and, like, wow, she just kind of like chilled, she's easily by far the the most mm. straightforward one um the others I, there's there's a handful i haven't even been able to kill because i actually don't know how to get to them yeah okay. um so yeah I, listen there's a lot that this game front loads the the tutorial takes like two hours because it's kind of mm. slowly there's a lot you. of information there's a lot to get through, and yeah. the the one the one suggestion i would uh make is at the beginning of the game it's plopping you into a district's uh, you don't really have control over where you go. It's kind of like telling you where to go while it's introducing you to all the mechanics. And mm -hmm. it makes a point of saying, you know, when you're done with that objective, you can go to the exit. Don't worry, you'll you'll come to this district again. You don't have to poke around. Like, okay. absolutely listen to that. Because yeah. there is no reason for you to stay and poke around the district because you only get the ability to infuse items very late into the tutorial. So you'll be poking uh, okay. around and losing everything. And then doing nothing with value. Yeah, yeah you, okay. you're, you're wasting your time. So um, I, the game literally tells you that, but I can imagine a lot of people will be like, no, nah, I want to explore this thing to the fullest. Like, don't mm. waste your time. You 
are going to come back to each of these districts multiple times. Like, yeah. just get past the the initial tutorial and until the game, like, kind of, it does. At a point, it's like, you've learned everything you need to know. Now it's up to you to break this loop and you're free to uh, kind of okay. go and explore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I guess the only other, the only other aspect of it is, um, the sort of asymmetrical multiplayer aspect. It reminds me a lot of Bloodborne and, well, a From game and yeah, you get invaded a, a, a bit, a bit like uh, Assassin's Creed in a way. Um, so you can play at the beginning of the game. You choose: do you want to play as Colt, um, or do you want to play as Juliana? Which are basically two different modes. Uh, and if you play as uh, Juliana, then you are basically invading other players' games. Um, and she's got her own sort of like upgrade tree her own sort of powers and weapons. Um, yeah, and when you invade someone's game, essentially you have to kill them three times before they kill you once. But Juliana uh, can disguise herself as any regular enemy, so you can uh, hide in plain sight. <laughs> uh, you've got very, very cool powers that can really mess. I mean, yesterday I had someone invade my game who was just teleporting around everywhere and absolutely <laughs> wrecking my shit. Um so it is fun to play as her. Uh, it's a nice little distraction. You can, if you're playing as Colt and you only want an AI-controlled Juliana, you can have that. You can change yeah, it to single-player mode. Okay. Uh, you can also change it to only friends only, so only friends can invade you. <laughs> um, Putting that off, I don't want you invading me. <laughs> exactly. I did find that in single-player mode, Juliana invades your game far fewer times. Okay. So, And I really enjoyed the aspect of like, I'm busy doing my thing and next thing it's like Juliana's invaded because she's mm. she's a threat. Like yeah. she can really um turn your run into complete nonsense uh yeah. very quickly. So I liked being online and having that persistent like anxiety. Mm. Uh, but she can only invade, I think, once per run. So if okay. she invades in the morning and you kill her, I think I think I haven't seen her invade multiple times yeah multiple times yeah. in a run um okay and there's some runs where she doesn't invade at all uh so <laughs> you're like thank god <laughs> yeah th thank you and then one run like i i died uh so i was like okay well i was busy with the lead there so i'm just going to skip time to that time of day and just carry on there and as soon as i got mm. into that area it's like she's invaded again i was like Oh, no. like come on just is, leave me alone you know is there is there incentive for like if you do kill her do you get any yes. you know um resources or upgrades yes so if you kill her she drops a random slab so any uh, of the okay. any of the slabs yeah. that the other visionaries have she can drop so you can yeah. actually pick up an upgrade for a slab like without um you know without having to kill that visionary uh she also drops really good weapons uh so oh, nice. Yeah, so you can see that at the end of the footage, when you leave a district, oh. it's sort of like a end of score screen type type yeah. thing. It, it tells you what you achieved. It tells you the sort of knowledge you discovered, and those are added to your your leads. Yeah. Um, and that is all kept in like a central repository. But again, the game is very good at like giving you waypoints to f figure things out. There are puzzles that you'll have to figure out, but you know, I haven't found them like too intense uh, yet. They they're very satisfying. It makes you feel mm. smart um, all the time, and yeah, it just it shows you all of the stuff that uh, you gather during that particular run, and then you choose like what do I infuse? You can sacrifice things to get more residium. 
um, and you kind of just building up your inventory for eventually your final loop where you take mm. all of your um, all of your knowledge and and kill everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. These oh, cutscenes are really good. Uh, <laughs> they, the, the style of this game I is love just the style, yeah. seriously great. Uh, yeah. Really, really good. The, the dialogue is fantastic. Um, the music's really good. And it runs really well on PS5. Uh, it defaults to a performance mode, which I think you shouldn't change because it's like, this will run at a solid 60. Mm. And you can change it to... This will run at 30, but have ray tracing. And I think for a game like this, I would you not sacrifice the, the higher frame rate. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I'd put on just to see what it looks like, but then I'd probably mm. just switch back to... It's so stylized as well. Like, it just looks really good um, yeah. without any of that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I've liked Arcane games in the past. I liked Prey. I've liked Dishonored. I've never loved them in the same way that mm. other people have. I truly am falling in love with this game like yeah it is slick it feels it feels like the most polished thing arcane has ever made um yeah that well that's what i was going to ask is you've given a very good overview of you know how the game plays and stuff but are you you specifically enjoying it and yeah, yeah sounds yeah. like yeah I'm, so. I'm digging it like it, it was it was slow going at the beginning and i was like I just kind of want to be let loose almost. Mm. And even then when I was let loose, I was having that. I always have this problem with Dishonored where I'm like, does it want me Does it want me to be stealthy or does it want me to go like all out? Mm. And this game is really good at just playing the way you, you kind of like feel comfortable with. So mm. I often, I go stealthy and as soon as I get detected, I'm like guns blazing. I'm just killing everyone yeah. like or, or running away or stuff like that. And unlike Dishonored, there's no... There's no score at the end telling me, oh, you were not stealthy or you killed this many people, whatever. Just, like, Deathloop doesn't give a shit. Like, mm. at the end of the day, it's resetting. So it you, doesn't care. You're trying to break the loop. So. Exactly. It doesn't care <laughs> it if you're stealthy or, or, or loud. It kind of just, it doesn't hit you over the hand saying, no, bad, you weren't stealthy. Mm. Or, and I like that. I, I like yeah. that I can just play any way I want. I can use as many powers as I want because, like, your powers are governed by an energy meter that replenishes, so I don't need to keep finding mana every way yeah. to use my powers. Um, yeah, I, I think they've they've honed the sort of gameplay they've been messing around with in Dishonored over like two entries, and this is mm. like the perfect blend of that. It feels seriously nice. good. Um, well, as someone who has not played it... Um, I mean, I've been excited for this game since since the revealed trailer. I, I love the style. I think very, it's very stylistic. Um, just looks very cool. Like there's mm. no other word uh, to to describe it. And yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it because I'm very keen to dive into it when it does launch. When does it launch? Yeah. Is it? It launches fort? on Tuesday. Yeah, fort. So when you're hearing this, it's out because the embargo was <laughs> surprise. Before, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's on PS5 and PC. Um, mm. Apparently, it's got a year exclusivity on PS5 in terms of consoles, even though Arcane is now owned by Xbox. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that is what it is. But <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's Arcane's best game uh, that I've played uh, and just very different. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's at, at first glance, premise. it's like, this is a roguelite. And it's like, mm. yes, 
but it's also a sort of roguelike that I've never played before. In the same way that Hades was like, yeah, this is a mm. roguelite, but it's got a story that I've never encountered in a roguelike. This is a structure that I've never encountered yeah. in a roguelite. I was just going to say, it's, it's, it feels like um, roguelites as we know have, like the, the mold has been broken. Yeah. Hades was a good example of like, cool, here's, here's the structure, but, um, you know, let's, let's put a real emphasis on story and there being lots of dialogue and, you know, incentive to do run. I mean, roguelites always have incentive to do runs, but this was a, a thing of like, well, I really want to know what happens. <laughs> so I'm going to keep doing runs. Whereas this feels like it's, it's definitely got elements of roguelite, but there's like an actual sort of progression system or structure mm. to it, which is mm. different. It um, feels far more forgiving. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people hear roguelites and they're like, well, I'm not skilled enough to play those games. And I think mm. developers have sort of understood that, um, but have found a way to keep the tension of the roguelite feeling with a tangible sense of progression. And, yeah, you know, with Hades, that was narrative progression. Every mm. loop, you felt like you were getting some new tidbit of story. In Deathloop, it's the same. It's story, but it's also just like mechanical progression at the same time. Um, yeah. It's it's funny how so many studios came to the same conclusion at around the same time. They were like, what if we make the characters you play in the roguelike aware of the loop? That yeah. changes everything. So like Hades mm. did that last year or the year before. You had Loop Hero earlier this year, which did that. You've got Death Loop that's done that now. And it's like they all figured that out individually at the same time and it's completely redefined what a roguelite is um how dare you leave out 12 minutes <laughs> well Another. we're talking about good there, games here so and 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 i mean it's interesting how okay you're 100 spot on you know weird how a lot of studios have sort of figured out how to break the structure of a roguelite or roguelike but how weird that there are just so many time loop games as well mm-hmm. just a weird million of them I mean, I actually forgot all about Loop Hero earlier this year, and it's kind of same sort of thing. <laughs> it's mm. wild. Yeah, it's I'm almost like the, 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 they go to, they go to like a, a keynote or something, and someone's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yes, this is this is the new the new trend here." You know, they all attended games, the go, same mm, talk at GDC, mm. and they all yeah. they like have an epiphany individual. Like, wow! Adventure. And then two, three, four years later, they all come out at the same time in the same <laughs> period. <laughs> I yeah, yeah I, I don't know it's it's fascinating I I love that roguelite especially is becoming a far more um I would say like standard feature of of games because it, it what for the longest time it was reserved to indie titles and it still yeah. is like Spelunky was the one that really put this format on the map mm-hmm. um and then Hades I think I think Hades was the real touch Hades, point for a lot yeah. of people um mm. And now it's just like kind of, again, it's sort of like the idea of um, role-playing progression systems that just Mm. became a part of adventure games or action adventure games. Like roguelike features are becoming that. Um, But in far more inventive ways, I I think it's very smart. Um, And again, I get the the apprehension. A lot of people hear roguelites and they're like not playing that. Like, Mm. you owe it to yourself to play a modern roguelite because they are not the same games. They, um, yeah. they are not... Go play Spelunky and then play something like Deathloop <laughs> and they could not be two, two more different they games. They are super different, yeah. But they both have elements of the same ideas. Like, mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Deathloop's great. I am thoroughly enjoying it. 
um, gonna nice. play lots more because uh, I'm still like every little layer that I peel away, I'm like, oh, like yeah. I get, wow. I get, I can see the setup happening. Like I'm just yeah. like, Ooh, this is nice. This is good, and I'm just having a. F- it's a real power trip. Uh, teleporting mm. around and blowing people's heads off. It's real fun. Um, the game is super violent and I like it. Um, <laughs> I love violence. I wake up every morning choosing I cho- violence. I, I choose so violence every I morning. I choose death loop. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's death loop. Uh, good game. Real good game. Nice. Uh, cool. You've also been playing new games. I've been uh, playing such violent two things. <laughs> two, two new games. Uh, well, let's... Let's start with, um, I suppose, if, you, if you're if you a big Call of Duty fan, you'd know that Vanguard had a, I suppose, is it a limited closed beta this weekend? Yeah, um, I think there's another one next weekend. Yeah, so I think PlayStation gets, you know, it had the exclusive early access this week. The next week, it's open to all PlayStation people, but, you know, uh, access to everyone else who pre-ordered. And then the following week, if I'm not mistaken, is a full-on open beta. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for those of you who don't know, Call of Duty Vanguard is this year's edition of Call of Duty. They've gone back to the World War II era. Um, yeah, but for all intents and purposes, I've just spent about three to four hours in the multiplayer. And I mean, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan. I, I sort of dip in and out every now and then with different editions over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at... At face value, it's just the fast-paced Call of Duty that uh, multiplayer that you probably recognize. If you're looking at the footage, it's very fast-paced. Respawning is like within three to five it's seconds. It's the fast-paced war that your grandfather fought. It's <laughs> it's it's like incredibly fast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jesus, it's, yeah, this is fast. So I'm just it's, watching it's this super footage. Fast. And it's crazy. Yeah. But just I think the the biggest changes. So the the mode I'm playing here is a new mode. Oh well, well let's just recap. There are obviously the familiar favorites. You know, team deathmatch, uh, domination, which is you, there are three points in the map. You have to capture them to uh, get points. And uh, kill confirmed, I believe, is a staple where yes. you know, if you if you kill someone, they drop a dog tag. You have to try pick it up to get more points. Um, yeah, your points but, only go up when you get the dog tag, not when yeah, you get kill. Yeah. But this, so I'm I'm actually playing domination at the moment on on mm-hmm. the footage. If you are watching, but later on you'll see there's a new game mode uh, called Patrol, which is it basically takes domination instead of having three points, it takes it puts one point in the map and it's constantly moving um oh, it moves okay. it moves very slowly it's not like sort of like kill of the hill king of the hill uh yeah i suppose you know somebody gets the most kills you have to follow them around try to kill them but patrol is very much there's one point in the map it moves sort of you know around the map very slowly and you have to try to stay within the ring um you know to capture it and keep control of it for as long as possible because that's what gets your team points oh so um, does the does the ring move like the slowly? ring actually oh, yeah it, it almost moves okay. on like a, a slow track around the map okay um, okay so that's cool. when yeah when when i first played it i i mean again i've only played a few hours i really like that mode um i think it's just an interesting twist if i could call it that as opposed to you know camping a point or you know, constantly respawning and capturing and running away to another point. You incentivize to follow this point around. And even though you you die a lot, because I mean, it's Call of Duty, the time to kill is very quick. Um, 
responds quick. And it's fun to, you know, get into those frantic firefights where, for example, you know, like, okay, the rings on this part of the map, it's a, it's mm -hmm. moving this way. It's about around the corner. It's owned by the enemy. I'll throw a grenade there and then rush in. You mm -hmm. might get a kill too, then you capture the point, but you might die five seconds later. Mm -hmm. But then you respawn and you do it again. And I found that like very entertaining. I mean, it there's some there's some nice feeling you get just knowing like, okay, there's enemies there. I know what to expect. I'm gonna go in and get a kill too. I'm probably gonna die, but you know, it, it's gonna be fun trying regardless. Um, but I found that I've read some some people's uh, early impressions and uh, some people don't enjoy it. They're like, no, it's it's too chaotic. It's too frantic. It's it looks very, very chaotic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Um, but I think it's just a nice twist, I guess. To I mean, that, that is Call of Duty staples. It's like a very small time to kill. Um, yeah. And just like in and out of battle. What? There's something that I've noticed just looking at this footage. What the fuck is going on with these guns? Like these look like <laughs> well, what's wrong guns. with them? <laughs> there's a, there, there's like hollow sights. There's silences. Yeah. Like so, so I was telling you, it's it always blows my mind where we've gone back to World War Two. Like there's obviously been a, a, a reason for this, a, some I don't know executive decision or team decision, but you kind of can't go back to conventional World War Two when your fan base expects you know, modern warfare with yeah. lots of different attachment options, lots of ways to customize your weapons. Like, imagine coming to this game after the last Call of Duty and it's like, cool, you can choose your gun. And that's it. Hmm. Some people be like, yeah, but I want to change my scope. Because that's how it used to be. Like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's old school Call of Duty. But yeah, like I was telling you, it's it's funny because it's, the, it's World War II uh, aesthetically. But in terms of functionality it very much feels like yeah i don't know if this scope i have on no. this weapon existed back then or i mean i'm I'm literally looking <laughs> at this gun you're using yeah and it's got like a, a sight with like a, a yellow yeah it's like a little hollow side yeah it's those. a hollow side yeah. and it's got a silencer and you know being call of duty i imagine that a battle pass will let you eventually buy a a site a customization upgrade that will let the reticule be a weed emoji or something <laughs> for oh, real world or something different you know yeah um well if, let me just scrub through this footage quickly because you'll see is it after this map yeah let have a look at the the customization yeah there, oh, there's a ridiculous. lot <laughs> oh they're like oh if we make the if we make this uh uh, uh what what is this this four grip wood then it's authentic if <laughs> it's, it's not authentic. metal we'll make it just wood because that's what look, they use historical accuracy aside like throw it out the window because it, it doesn't have that but in terms of customization it is very cool to have the option so if you mm -hmm. watch again you're watching the footage you'll see oh, if i equip this magazine for example or this foregrip it's like you'll get you know maybe better aim but it'll take longer to aim down sights. this is um, a real uh, frankenstein sort of uh, <laughs> gun customization yeah but i mean look if if you're a call of duty fan it is fun to have the choice so like me for example i love having the ability to look down my scope as quick as possible i love sprinting around corners and just having the option to aim down side quick mm -hmm. but i've played against people who have clearly you know customized their build to be focused on sniping for example and it takes them like an hour to pull their gun up but like it's a one hit if kill they hit you yeah yeah um so, so see, if, you've got you've got perks as well so it's like yeah it's, it's okay it's it's very much like it's Call of Duty with a World War II skin. At least that is my impression of it. Like, okay. 
it's if if you're expecting Call of Duty, like you might be put off going like, oh, but it's World War Two. Mm, like I don't mm. like the weapons from World War Two. Like I assure you, it's World War Two weapons, but you can but, still customize. Yeah. The I base think is World War Two almost. Yeah, yeah. I think there are ten aspects of your gun you can customize from everything from magazine to grip to sight to you know muzzle to barrel. Like there's there's a ton um, and it, it doesn't look like the uh i think cold war did this and i think all the black ops before have done this where you've got like 10 points to spend on your loadout and every attachment or perk you take adds to those points so you can have classes where you take no perks but you put like thousands of attachments on your gun yeah it doesn't look uh, like that's the case no it looks like you can just uh, you can customize to your heart's content okay. you can have cool. any no, that, attachment you want any perk yeah. okay okay um but i think i think one other thing this game adds is there are three different flavors if i could if there's an official name <laughs> to the the different game modes but every map you can play so this map for example i could play it six v six or mm-hmm. I could play 12v12, or there's a new 12 Blitz. 12 on this map? Ha- hang on, it gets worse. There's a new Blitz mode, which is 24 versus 24. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> That's too many people. Which, yeah, so, like, I get it. It's it's obviously there to, you know, maybe show the capabilities of the engine. It can handle that many people while still being super smooth. Um, oh, you, you don't like, have I'm, an instant melee? No. <laughs> well, ma- maybe you do if you have the right attachment. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, twenty-four v twenty-four in my experience is too much. It's it's like I appreciate Call of Duty's got you know very quick to kill, but you're very quick back in action. But twenty-four v twenty-four, it's it's just a that little too horrible. chaotic for my yeah. liking. I mean, on this map you can kind of get away for it, get away with it because it's like a medium-sized map. Uh, but there's Still another hotel though, like yeah, it's yeah. it's not massive, but there's another hotel map, um, which is part of the beta, which is much smaller. And I played that uh, Blitz 24 versus 24 team death match, and whew, it was mm-hmm. it's it like going inside is suicide. Like that's not that sounds like a spawn and die situation. Yeah, just like yeah, I mean uh, within reason, but yeah, it's not my favorite. But on the bigger maps, I could see it being fun. Like obviously, we I don't have access to the full map pool mm. but i imagine if if you could sit in the lobby and go well i specifically want to search this map with 24 versus 24 like mm-hmm. you could get away with it and you can obviously play that you could play team deathmatch you could do control i think um kill confirmed is probably the best way to play it because it must be fun to just run and get a few kills grab some dark tags before mm. you die mm-hmm. um but just my knee-jerk reaction is it's just too chaotic this uh, mode that you're playing now looks real fun. The patrol. Th- this is the, this is patrol. Yeah, so I, I quite like fun. it. Look, yeah. look how the the circle's moving. And yeah, it moves I mean, I like, like I'm I'm out in the open, but I die, yeah. I spawn, and I'm I'm sprinting back to that point, and it's on a different part of the map. So I think it's a clever. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking King of the Hill, where the point like moves on the map, like mm. you know, like teleports, but. The fact that it's uh, this is no. like moving on a track almost. Yeah, it, it's just a, so it's like if you're cool. looking at the footage, I I know it's around the corner. This it's owned by the enemy. There's someone mm-hmm. there. I'm gonna throw a grenade. Nice grenade <laughs> I'm gonna kill that person, but I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh. But you've, it, it's you've, fun. You've got like, some. You've got some good kills here already. So. Yeah. I, 
Uh, I've look, I've I've enjoyed the beta. Um, I'm again, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan, but I appreciate Call of Duty for what it is. It's just a fast-paced shooter, and mm. yeah, like you could very, I could very easily lose hours to this over a weekend or over an afternoon or an evening. Um, and there's incentive to play because like the the progression system, there is the the typical, you know, your I suppose your character levels up or your profile where. Every level gives you you either unlock a new weapon or you get a okay. new perk Very or kill streak. Call of Duty, yeah. Yeah, sure. but this, with regards to attachments and weapons, the more you play with the weapon, the more it levels up, and you unlock attachments. So, like, there's a lot to do if you want to sit and grind your way through all the weapons or just focus on specific weapons. Like, there's incentive to keep playing because you un- mm-hmm. you're constantly unlocking stuff. I mean, based on your performance, when I started the beta, I was doing awful. <laughs> I wasn't really leveling up. Getting your eye in, yeah. Um, yeah, but when you when you get into the swing of things, you start getting all those perks and all these new weapons and a whole lot of stuff. And yeah, yeah it's it's good fun. Like, I, I appreciate that. No, um, it, look, it, look, but, it looks good as well. I mean, this is, as far as I know, it's running on the, um, the same I engine think it's that the Infinity Modern Warfare. War did. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Modern Warfare engine, which is why you can, like, um, mount your gun on corners and stuff like that yeah. so yeah that's cool i mean modern warfare was the last call of duty multiplayer that i got really into i didn't really stick around much for uh cold wars multiplayer um i'm interested to see how this integrates into warzone obviously because yeah. that runs on the modern warfare engine so i assume them bringing content into one or the other might be a lot easier now mm. um, yeah i wonder yeah, I, I mean, I may have missed an announcement for this, but I wonder if Warzone turns into a World War Two thing now. I, I don't think it turns into World War Two, but it you might find that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not into Warzone at all because it's mm. like half a terabyte <laughs> yeah, space. I don't, yeah, I don't have in my life. It's a whole. SSD, but I imagine, yeah, yeah. I imagine it's a thing of um, maybe they include some weapons from this game or some mm. perks or something from this game. I don't know. If they, I don't know to what extent that map changes, like say Fortnite, mm. where they say, well, it's a new season, we're resetting this map, and this corner of the map will be taken straight from, you know, Vanguard. Or I, I honestly don't know. I can't tell. Yeah, because they, they only slightly did that with the, the Cold War stuff. They, like, if I'm not mistaken, they transformed the current map. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, they, they put in content like weapons and some characters from, from Cold War. But I yeah. haven't played Warzone in, in ages. I mean, I played oh, yeah, quite likewise. a bit when it launched, but I, I just can't keep up with, with Battle Royales. Uh, there's that remote control car you yeah. spoke about. What the fuck? I'm like, I'm running. <laughs> what? I'm I'm like, oh. They really should have at this point. Like, looking at this footage, I mean, they should. there was that rumor pre, pre-reveal that this was going to be an alternative timeline, sort of World War II, sort of like a Wolfenstein sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And looking at all the shit they've put in this game, that actually might have been It cool. basically feels like it, yeah. I mean, it looks like a Wolfenstein where there's just shit in there that should not be there. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, That's cool. Look, it's it's good fun. Like, if you enjoy Call of Duty, I mean, I suppose depending on what kind of fan you're on, which game you specifically enjoy, you'll either love or hate this. But if mm. you're looking for... Mm. More Call of Duty. It is Call of Duty. It's just got a World War II aesthetic for all it's intents and purposes. Boots on the ground, uh, Call of Duty. No jetpacks yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other stuff though, like we've we've touched on, but no no jetpacks. No jetpacks. Yeah. There's, there's still remote control explosives, but no jetpacks. Yeah. They, they haven't mm. gone that far into uh, to World War II no. yet. You know. 
That yeah. only comes at the end of the war. <laughs> My um, goodness. Cool. Which yeah, are? it looks cool. It looks good. Visually, I think it looks pretty great. Um, I, it's, uh, the Call of Duty is known for that battery smooth. Um, it just performance-wise, it always looks and feels good. And, and, it's, and it's still a that. cross-gen game. So It's cross-gen. Yeah, so yeah. I think um, we're not... Oh, that is an awful stunning Yeah, that was a really bad grenade. <laughs> um, when you pull open the scoreboard, you can see, um, you know, who's playing on what platform. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious... I imagine this will be the last cross-gen one. Um, mm, I think the next one will be just yeah, straight up. Although very, we say that, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, <laughs> in a year, will, will will the stock issues be sorted out? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so it could be the next one, could be the last one. I'm I'm just more curious to see what they do with the first like real next-gen one. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've now moved on to modern tech exclusively. Although, to what be fair, the, the Modern Warfare engine that they introduced with Mod- Modern Warfare was like, to me, felt like a generational leap uh, mm. because I hadn't updated that engine in a long time and that game yeah. just looked fantastic even on yeah. PS4 and Xbox One X. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Call, Call of Duty. Uh, Vanguard. Coming. I like when is it launching? Uh, uh, it like November, November 5th. Is it like I think, November? Yeah. Okay. November fifth, so not far away. Cool. Um, uh, and yeah, there there will be additional opportunities to try the game out in. Yeah, future. I think this this coming um, weekend, if you're listening now, uh, at you know, release um, is an open beta. Uh, I, I I could be wrong, but I think it's only open for PlayStation. Yes. Um, yeah. But you don't the need to have pre-ordered. Yeah. 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 And then the following weekend, I think it's a free for all for everyone. Um, yeah, give it a give it a bash. Give it a whirl. Give and it I'm a sure whirl. they're gonna be uh updating, they'll probably put in uh more maps and modes. They might yeah, to try out, swap yeah. out a map or two or something. Yeah. Um cool. Yeah. You also been playing uh some uh, good bullshit called uh WarioWare. WarioWare, let me tell you. So let me just get this footage up quickly. Wario. I say Wario. bullshit in, in the most endearing way in, because yeah. it is bullshit mini games that are just fun and ridiculous like, <laughs> in their own way. I mean, so if if you've never heard of a WarioWare game, so I, I've I've only played one in my lifetime on DS. I can't even remember what it's called. Um, but WarioWare games, for all intents and purposes, are just collections of outrageous mini games and. By mini games, I mean literal dozens, if not hundreds, of mini games that take you two to five seconds to complete at a time. Uh, and the whole gameplay loop is fixed around you just going through a sequence of them as quickly as you can, uh, you know, with a limited number of lives, where if you fail one, you lose a life and you obviously see how far you can get. Um, but yeah, this, this one has a story mode. I can't remember if the DS one had a story mode, it doesn't ring a bell at all. Um, but yeah, as you'd expect from a game like this, it's not <laughs> it's not going to win any Oscars there's a for a lot going on for in for this cutscene. It's very funny. <laughs> can I can I tell you before I talk about the story, the the animations and the cutscenes in this game are just I love them so much. Like it's you can tell that the team had a lot of fun putting together this bullshit. Yeah. Like what is going on? It's just crazy fun, <laughs> Selena. <laughs> this almost looks like a like one of those 
weird uh youtube rabbit holes you fall down exactly you find like really <laughs> fucked up animation like this this is the vibe <laughs> i get from it it's bizarre like what's going on um so in terms of story the, the premise here is that wario runs a gaming company i know WarioWare. Shock. holy shit and yeah just before they launch they're about to launch a new game or a new platform and i know the platform's corrupted with the bug and it sucks all of them into it and you start off with just wario and you have to make your way through the internals of this game to you know rescue all the other characters um but by playing a bunch of mini games <laughs> okay <laughs> so it almost looks like a dungeon um, crawler and each creature is like a small mini game Oh my yeah, god, but is that Animal Crossing? <laughs> there's, there's, there's some really cool little cameos here that I did not expect. Like if you're watching the footage, there's some some Animal Crossing. Yeah. There's a Splatoon one. Um, So what's different here though, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that you unlock characters and every character plays differently. Okay, so okay. Wario, for example, has a jetpack. And if you push his ability button, he does a dash forward. Okay. Um, this character on screen now she you can't stop moving her she's on a scooter but when you push her ability button she throws a boomerang that you can control and she okay. stays she stays stationary so they, i think there's about 18 to 20 characters <laughs> if i'm not mistaken and they all handle differently okay but it's it's been designed in a way that every mini game can essentially be played with every character so you'll notice I'm also playing with a, a character on a skateboard who cannot stop moving, um, but he, he shoots a yo-yo upward. Um, so you'll find that if I'm playing a mini game with him specifically and I need to... <laughs> you're shaking your head at the mini games. I know. It's so They're, funny. They are ridiculous, but it's, it's good fun. Um, yeah, it's... it's yes, they come it's in just, thick and fast though, hey? They, they yeah, he has, really... he has a little... He's a little um, to, what's that game called? They've gone blank. The, uh, the Treasure Toad, Toad game. Treasure yeah. Toad. Uh, oh, it's Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Cap, that's true. it. Yeah. Oh God, Game and Watch. <laughs> There's some so real if, deep cuts. I love the the Metroid one yeah. earlier. Um, yes, um, Pikmin. Pikmin. <laughs> so if, if you're wondering, I'm in this. I'm in a world specifically where it is Nintendo RPs or mini games. I didn't know what to do in that game. <laughs> so that's confusing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the game's coming thick and fast and really it's just about getting figuring out, first of all, how to do them and just doing them as quick as possible. Um, yeah. As you play through each level, the game, the mini games uh, get faster and there's less time to complete them. Uh, but there's also a, a few boss levels where if you're watching the footage, this is essentially a mario level and this is a skateboard character i was talking about where i can't actually move left and right i can only go forward but in order to change direction i have to shoot my yo-yo up and capture a ring you know <laughs> so what's cool is that if they've designed the game that every mini game can be played with every character so if i were to that's have crazy cool yeah wow. so if, if if i were to play a mini game with this character specifically they obviously have to think well this character can't choose move left and right at will so we have to include rings you know to give them the option there's another character who can't move at all but they can shoot uh projectiles and latch to stuff with the projectiles so there, there's a lot of variety in that regard where i don't recall there being a whole cast of characters in the ds warrior game i played it was really just a bunch of mini games mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. what's cool here is that you can 
as you progress through the game, you can sort of choose your party of characters to go through the sequence. Mm-hmm. So you could play as, you know, I want to play as Wario, the scooter girl and the skateboarding kid. Uh, they Nine all have volts, names. I just don't know them. Name. I don't I don't know them. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole there's a whole Wario universe. A Wario verse. Oh, a whole Wario verse. <laughs> that's um that's some lore I don't want to get into. Exactly. Um yeah, it's it's all I can say is that if you're looking for a, a WTF game just mm-hmm. that'll make you laugh and make you play I mean there must be hundreds of mini games in this game. Which there's, is crazy there's so many, to think about. Like yeah. making each one and making them fun and also just like fast is there's a yeah. lot of invention and in that. Yeah, obviously, you know, the longer you play the game, you will start, you know, seeing the same mini games proper, but you might find that, oh, this time I'm playing it, I'm at the end of a run, I have to be a lot faster or, you know, the parameters have changed somewhat. Like this character was on the left previously, now it's on the right. How do I solve this room yes. in the next three seconds before I lose a life? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It, it just, oh God. Oh, so this, this is just a tutorial. Yeah, he, so this yeah, character, hoverboard can only shoot, shoot right. Oh, yeah. okay. if, you, if you're playing two-player, which is a new feature to this game, all this franchise, which I haven't tested yet, it's, you playing the same mini games with a friend, essentially. That sounds chaotic. Um, which I'm very much excited to try with Lenska because I think we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, playing I definitely some think as here. like a sort of party game, this would be a yeah. ton of fun. Because I mean, the mini games are <clears throat> easy to understand because I have to, they, they super have to explain they, their rules uh, in like five seconds. So, yeah, like, well, the only, the only thing you're given is a word, which is like mm. destroy or escape. And you're like, oh God, how'd I do this? Oh, there's a, there's a hole over there. I have to move through or I have to destroy this character, whatever. These cutscenes um, are a real fun <laughs> the dream. They are <laughs> They're so really good. I love good. them. Really, But really I mean, good. so the game itself, real good. Had, had an absolute blast. But the, the narrative, well, the, the campaign mode is very short. It's like two to three hours i guess um so you'll finish that you know in no time so if you come in here for the story don't it's it's super i mean story is fun it's just you know what you expect silly wario fun Mm. but it's short um so if you're only planning to play like alone it's like not not tons there for you yeah and as a full-priced game I, i find it look well, there's, there's always the debate of, you know, in terms of, you know, is you can't determine a game's value by its length. But in a yes. game like this, I do think if you're paying a full $60 price for a collection of mini games, like, mm, mm, I mm. can't quite. Yeah, here's, here's the tweezing mini game. <laughs> but, I love tweezing uh, Greek gods. It's great. After rolling credits, there is incentive to keep playing. Like, they've actually packed a lot of stuff into the game, which I did not expect. Um, mm-hmm. so as an example, there's a weekly challenge where they'll, so, I mean, the game's just come out, so I've only tried the first week, um, uh, but it's basically like, here's, you have to play this series of levels with this one character, um, how far can you get or how well can you do, uh, and you obviously be ranked up on a global lead- leaderboard based on how how many points you get, which is quite cool um, if you're looking for a competitive angle. Mm-hmm. And you get rewarded with currency. Um, so in, in playing the the campaign and just playing the minigames, you get rewarded warrior coins or just coins, I guess. And you you get to spend them on 
uh, you know, cosmetics or items for your characters that you can level up. So there's this like whole meta game that happens after you've rolled credits. Um, so there, there are legs in that regard. I just don't, I can't tell you now, you know, is it worth the time? Because I haven't really got to dig into that. So mm-hmm. I've just rolled credits on the the campaign. But look, I, I can tell you that a game like this, I had a lot of fun. It's just, it's quite short. Um, so yeah, take from that what you will. I'm having a lot of fun for, watching these movies. <laughs> you're just games. watching, yeah. And yeah. You're like, wow. It's just every <laughs> single one, I'm just like, wow, that was ridiculous. What <laughs> and some of them, yeah, they, they really are like it's very vague what you kind of need to do. Um like I actually, yeah. actually have no fucking clue what's going on here. So um, this is a boss level now where I have to protect the little character on the left while doing oh what's no. being grabbed by a tentacle. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Oh, but I unlock the door okay, there and I've got to save it. But there was some complex ones there, like you had to trap an octopus and it was like, the first thing you did was shoot and you you killed the trap. <laughs> and it's like, well, you failed. Like, <laughs> yes. But I mean, you, obviously, if you play the game more, you learn what yes. each minigame is. And then it, it'll it be a lot of fun, you know, stringing through them all at a rapid pace, seeing how far you can get, how fast you can do them. Um, great great water physics there enjoyed that uh, yeah. i just love like you can tell the team had a lot of fun yeah putting this together because it, it is it's just it's dumb silly fun and like you said when we started the segments it's you don't say it in a, in a negative way like it's an endearing warrior way like you know it's silly you know what you're mm. expecting um mm. yeah it's again i don't know as like, characters I'd, are called I'd, dribble and spits, which uh, <laughs> I just picked up on now. Very funny. I, I'd love, I'd love to recommend it because I enjoy the game. But at sixty dollars, I, I don't mm. know. That's a question mark for you to decide. Like how, how do you determine game value? I guess, and would you get sixty dollars of value from a game like this? Yeah. How much? Like, how much do you know. like WarriorWare's brand exactly, of yeah. mini games? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a good or bad time? That, I, I the, had a. The, the last question blast. I have, and it's probably the most important, is Waluigi in it? No, actually. That is bullshit. That's, this, this game there's this shit. whole no. Yeah, there's this whole cast of characters of people I've, I've vaguely recognized from the last Warrior game, but no Waluigi. Fucking <coughs> missed opportunity what's, what's there, Nintendo. That, man? What's up with that? Yeah. Okay, that's sure. cool. Uh, that looks like a lot of fun. I, yeah, I think... Um, as a multiplayer thing, I think that's where I would get a lot of value out of this. Uh, mm. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looks like a real, a real. So he, he can he can just fly. That's it. <laughs> Good lord! I like that he's got like a, I don't know, swimming ring and then flippers, but then he's got like a cyclops eye. Like, <laughs> what is going on in this design? And then he's doing t- wavy arms. I'll tell you, there's a whole universe here we we don't know about, Jesus. or maybe maybe diehard fans do, but uh. Oh, I'm still God, if you hit some LSD before playing this game, you're gonna have <laughs> the time of your life. I tell you, it's great. Yeah, cool. that's WarioWare. Uh, and that's game. I mean, a lot of we games. promised you're modern high. games, and we we gave you them modern games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, lot of stuff coming out this week, and stuff that is out already. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Should we, talking about game releases, move on to video game releases for this coming week? We are like well past halfway of uh, 
September already, which is fucking terrifying. Yep. Um, get this open. So we are looking at video games from the 11th of September up until... Let me just grab my calendar here. Up until the 17th, uh, which is not many, but some biggins. Oh, my goodness. Um. Okay, so kicking off the week is obviously Deathloop, uh, PC and PS5, September 14th. Mm-hmm. And then we got Timberborn coming to early access on PC, September 15th. Game Deck. Okay. PC, cool. September 16th. Ah, I didn't realize this was out this week. Skatebird. Skatebird. Skatebird looks Ka-ka. like a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it does. PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and Luna. Oh, not PlayStation. Weird, I didn't know that. I wonder if that hmm. means it's on Game Pass. Hmm. I have not seen anything. Uh, Eastward, PC and Switch, September 16th. Uh, Origami 2, that is on Game Pass. Uh, PC, PS4, sure. PS5, and Xbox. Severed Steel, comes to PC, September 17th. Tome, which I swear I've seen some reviews for this and looks pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. PC, PS5, and Switch. Nexomon, is that a type of Digimon? I don't know. Um, <laughs> basically, all the consoles, September 17th. Tales of Iron, um, September 17th as well on all the platforms. And then Nino Kuni 2 Revenant King, well, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom Princes <clears throat> Edition coming to Switch on September 17th. Well, cool. well, well. Oh, and then the week after, got a, got a good game called uh, Kenna coming out. <gasps> is that my god i cannot believe Kenna, it's sable yeah. diablo 2 death stranding <sighs> all in the same week <laughs> ah god <laughs> it's so too much, much. <laughs> please that cannot be good please that cannot be good yeah i'm i'm keen on that <laughs> but man we've seen like no nothing <laughs> proper gameplay yeah yeah i don't so. know we'll see yeah. we'll see we'll see we'll see uh should we move on to gaming news Gaming news, starting with this week's headline, the PlayStation Showcase. The future Um, of PS5. The future of PS5, which feels like this year has been interesting on PlayStation because there's definitely been some stuff. Okay, Like we've had Rift Apart, we've had Returnal, we've got Deathloop coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it feels like Sony last year launched the PlayStation 5 and said, here's three or four big games, and then that was it. We mm-hmm. we know obviously there's stuff coming, but we haven't had a look at, you know, the new God of War, the new Gran Turismo, whatever. Um, this PlayStation showcased, you know, sort of laid out. Well, it didn't really lay out a roadmap because there there are dates, but some there are dates and there aren't dates for some things. But it's a very good indication of the future of PlayStation and what you can expect. Um, and yeah, I think there were some definite surprises, mm, um, mm. which is very cool. It's fun, funny that the, the, the things surprises. that got dates were the things that are very far away. And oh, yeah, the things you'd expect which, to be close got no dates, which was I found strange. I thought it was a pretty good showcase, but yeah, let's... Uh, Let's run through it. Um, <gasps> wow. I was not expecting this. Who um, expected this? Is this, a, is this oh. a PlayStation exclusive? So it is a console launch. Console exclusive. exclusive. So it will be okay. PC and PS5 at launch, which to me is a fucking big deal. Um, that is a pretty, pretty damn big especially deal. Especially since this has never been on a PlayStation console. Uh, not so Little Republic and the second one originally came out on PC and the original Xbox. 
Um, yeah. So it's, for Sony to cop this, it's a big thing. It's it's just like uh, a weird, where did it come from? It's on the of level thing. of a Rise of the Tomb Raider exclusivity deal. Um, yeah. But, so, you know, yeah, we, I, as soon as I saw uh, Aspire pop up there, I knew this was that because they've been rumored to be working on a remaster of this. I didn't realize it was a full-on remake. But yeah, as soon as you saw Revan's yeah. mask there, I was just, I fucking lost it because I was not, expecting that to be the first thing at the show yeah um, holy shit yeah i'm so <laughs> uh, the one thing i've seen some sentiment for on twitter which i kind of agree with is they really need to you know we don't know what extent that this remake is being made um but i hope they go the route of a sort of like final fantasy 7 remake yeah. where they redefine how especially combat works because this combat in this game is very old um it's it's very old and very um it is very D or like tabletop sort MMO of game sort where of style, yeah. yeah um, um it's so like choose I'm your moves to, and watch them play out yeah. yeah i i don't think a game uh, i think that's the the primary thing they need to um address uh is yeah. the combat because i think the rest can kind of just stay as is but mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious man i Apparently, a lot of the original team is working on this. Uh, Bioware is not working on it, but um, ex-KOTOR Bioware devs have joined Aspire to help out with this. Um, nice. And it's been in development for a long time. So what's yep. interesting is that it's developed in part by Lucas Games. So does that mean mm. KOTOR is now canon again? Mm. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm keen. Um, that looks good. There's no date yeah. on that, though. No, but very, very exciting nonetheless. Uh, Project, Project Eve. Eve. This was, it's so funny. So I, I watched the showcase uh, about an hour after I just flew through a, a wrap-up. Um, and uh, John Mark and Michael's like, just have a look at this game. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So the trailer starts and I was like, it, there's like a very, yeah, there we go. There's like a very panning on this character's bum. I was like, okay, I see Real bayonet vibes there, yeah. Very real bayonet. And I was like, oh, you know, how how, how typical, you know, it's it's targeting, you know, teenage male audience. But let me tell you, the longer I watched this trailer, the more intrigued I was. I was like, this actually looks like a really pretty action game. Yes, um, yeah. It looks I, like a real good character action game, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not made by Platinum. It's made by another studio uh, uh, whose name evades me at the moment. Yeah, it, it was literally just shown on the screen, but now I've now I've forgotten it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it, I think it's a new a new developer. This, yeah. Funnily enough, this game had been revealed already before, but I think this is the first time it was on like a biggish stage. Yeah. Uh, but and yeah, it's this, got real Bayonetta vibes to it. This got a lot of screen time as well. This is like a five-minute-long yeah, trailer. A you know, in a trailer. in a showcase where trailers are one or two minutes long, it got a lot of screen time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, the more I watched it, the more I was like, "Damn, it <laughs> this actually it, looks it looks good. really cool." Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm keen on that because I mean, fuck knows when we're getting Bayonetta three, even though it was announced oh like three God. years ago. Um. So yeah, I'll take anything in between then. Because I, you know, I was not the biggest fan of Devil May Cry 5, unfortunately. Um, uh, and this looks more in line with the sort of character mm. action sensibilities I dig. So yeah, yeah. Looks, oh, the, it, the creature design looks crazy. <laughs> uh, it's, there's a lot. Happening. It is real, real bayonets though. A yeah, lot of the stuff I'm like, God. good Lord. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that looks cool. That is, uh, there's no dates on that either. So yeah, that's nope. just called Project Eve. 
Mm-hmm. Then we've got another look at Forspoken. Forspoken. Yeah, which has been shown off a couple of times now. Um, it's from Luminous Productions and Square Enix, and it's described as an isekai game, which is, as far as I can tell, like a fairly normal person put into a very Final Fantasy-esque world where they kind of yeah. call out how fucking weird everything is. Yeah. I didn't know that was a genre, but that's kind of cool. actual genre, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just just so, quickly, this was this was Project Athia for those yes, who don't, don't remember Athia, what it was. Yeah, yeah um, it's now Forspoken. I, I didn't realize the story is being written by Gary Witter and Amy Hennick. So yep. no Star Wars idea, Ro- yeah. Rogue One and uh, Uncharted fame, mm. they are writing it. So that so, immediately raises my yeah. eyebrows. Like that's cool. Like, I want mm. more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very keen for that side of the game, and the game itself looks really cool. Um, yeah. But I do wonder what the final product will be like because the the footage shown, the movements, like I can appreciate what they're going for with the movements. Um, you know, this big open world with you know, very cool parkour, I guess, your abilities to traverse it. But there's something a bit rough about it still, which I'm thinking is, you know, it's still in development, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. hope that as time goes by, they sort of polish that out. Because then, yeah, like, color color me intrigued. But if you watch the footage, it's, there's just, I don't know if it, if I'm being nitpicky, but there's just something a little bit rough about it. No, um, I, 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 do, I do get what you mean. There's a, there's a, you know, I want to say unpolished because obviously the, the game's only coming out in spring 2022, so it's still mm. it's a lot of time. Um, yeah. And to to me, the most interesting thing about this game is the the breadth of movement. Like it seems like you yeah. zip through this world so quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a a sort of roughness about it. Like especially while wow, the the frame rate was bad. Yeah. Uh, in this game. So, <laughs> but man, there's a lot going on. Like. These powers visually look like crazy. They amazing, um, yeah. It almost looks like a uh, uh, an engine like demo, um, like an Unreal yeah. Engine demo. So, yeah, I'm curious to see more of that because I'm 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 with you. I'm not entirely sold on it yet, but there's a lot of small things in there that I'm like, shit, this looks crazy, yeah, and I can't wait to know more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's coming exclusively 20, to PS5. Yeah, twenty twenty two spring is what like March next year. No, no, spring spring is uh, American spring, so it's like April, yeah. May. Is it April? Okay, there, April, yeah. May. Okay, I wasn't that far off. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Alan Wake remastered. We knew this was coming, but it got mm. a, an actual trailer. Um, Looks cool. I, uh, I like Alan Wake. Uh, this is yeah. obviously not just coming to PlayStation. It will be on PS4, PS5, Xbox, PC. But it, it um, is the first time it is on PlayStation, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that is, was, that the original is correct. Wasn't, it was yeah. an exclusive on Xbox. I, to this day, cannot believe that uh, Microsoft hasn't tried or didn't at the time try to bring Remedy in-house. It seems like a real it missed seems, opportunity. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they, they they did two games with him, right? Alan Wake and um, Quantum Break. And mm-hmm. I mean, Quantum Break is this weird question mark for me because I think it reviewed fun yeah it, it wasn't it, great yeah but i mean I, alan I wake it, yeah alan wake was really good like yeah. i think that reviewed well people loved it and they just it's yeah, a cult classic now it's like yeah. it's, it's up there when you think of remedy you think of alan wake and now control in my view yeah um max and then Payne. obviously max Payne. yeah <laughs> remaster max Payne. <laughs> that would be fucking cool i'd be down for that 
Uh, but yeah, uh, no, I, but I enjoyed Alan Wake a lot, and this remaster is coming out on October. Then. Mm-hmm. GTA Five. Have you heard of it? It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, well, I am curious because I heard that this trailer got a lot of flack. Yeah. Look well, at this. I mean, it got delayed. So this this remastered version was meant to come out November this year. Now it's only coming out in March. So that will be. Nine years since the original release. Like, come on. It's, yeah, but look, look know, at this 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 ratio. 21,000 likes, 67,000 dislikes. Because it's just, I think, you know, the people, people who are, are playing <laughs> GTA Online, they're playing GTA Online. It's, you know, it's yeah. there, whatever. Like, then, you know, I say yeah. this, but it's always on the top 10 sales, like, every fucking month on PlayStation. So clearly it's mm-hmm. still selling. It's just... It's still selling. So I just don't, yeah. I just... Couldn't care less for it right now. So, yeah. Ghost Wire Tokyo. This game looks fucking balls to the wall crazy. And I'm. It, it looks crazy, but what, what I don't. I, I can't put my finger on this game because Ghost Wire Tokyo meant to. When it was first shown, it's like, ooh, very spooky. scary looking game. Yeah. <laughs> spooky. Yeah, very spooky. Well, it's made by Tango um, Gameworks, you know, the evil within people, Shin, Shinji Mikami, the Resident yeah, Evil but, creator. But when I see gameplay, I'm like, it's. It, like I'm very keen to play it, but it looks very action heavy. Yeah, it doesn't look spooky. So I'm at like, all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I'm sure there will be elements of horror to it, like no doubt. But the footage I'm seeing, I'm like, damn, it feels like it looks. For comparison sake, like just the perspective, it's like either Bioshock or Dishonored or even Deathloop, and the whole mm. you know, it's a first person action game. It's so, it sort, sort of reminded of me of Skyrim if you went to full mage build because you just yeah. have like magic in both of your hands and it's exactly. first person. Like, I don't know what this game is, but I'm so keen to find out because it just looks ridiculous. Um, coming out, twi- uh, no, no release date, but it was meant to come out this year when, but it got delayed. Uh, and I was kind of shocked that there's no firm release date on it yet. I expect this to be out early next year. Um, yeah. It's been a while, so yeah. Uh, Uncharted's coming to PC. Uncharted and PS5, which is real. real so it's it's um, the Legacy of Thieves collection, which is Uncharted Four, and um, the I suppose spinoff slash standalone expansion, The Last Legacy, with Chloe and uh, Nadine, uh, in one wholesome package for PC. Uh, for a second, you, I thought it was all of them, like all five. Me games, too. Yeah. I thought, holy shit, that's a big <laughs> five, package. Yeah. Five games on PC. If you've not played Uncharted, um, yeah, like it's easily one of my favorite action slash exploration slash narrative games. All, all I'll, I'll say is, if you have a fondness for Tomb Raider, like mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, Uncharted is. Well, Nathan Drake is a male Lara Croft. Like it's yeah. the same style of game. You or a young Indiana Jones. Yeah, you you globe trotting. There's you know uh, promises of riches and you know tombs to explore. Very high action uh, set pieces and just the writing is great. Like the mm. banter and the dialogue. Would recommend if you've not you know if you're not a PlayStation owner and you've always been interested in uncharted sharp and, and witty writing very on good. pc oh my god it's going to look chef's kiss wow. i'm a naughty dog into- game on on pc like these games running on playstation are actual sorcery mm-hmm. like really <laughs> i can't <laughs> so, remember the last time naughty dog put out a game on pc um 
have they put a game on I'm PC? I'm sure like, back in the day, but this must be the first in decades. Um, yeah. But it's also coming to PS5. I'm curious to see what the uh, upgrade pass yeah. is there. Like, if I own them on PS4, do I... My assumption is no. My assumption nope. is that this is a whole new product. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but I'm keen to see them on PS5 just for the that extra smoothness. Mm. Should be good. Yeah. So this was a surprise. Yeah, this was a, um, quite a big surprise. Um, so saw for Insomniac, starters, saw Marvel, being like, okay, cool, we're getting a Spider-Man teaser. Nope. Ha. Okay, so Mar- we, we haven't said yet, but Marvel's Wolverine is getting a its own game made by Insomniac, who, as you've just said, made Spider-Man for um, the PlayStation. How busy is this studio that Dude. they've last year they've they've put out Miles Morales? Okay, this year they put out Rift Apart. Then in the same showcase, like, hey, we're making uh, a Wolverine game. Oh, also we'll get Spider-Man to later, but two. Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Dude, and, and and they put and, a year on Spider-Man Two. They're like twenty twenty three. But it's but like, you know what? Like what? to their credits. It, it's interesting because straight up they were like it's far like yeah it's not even a, a 2022 like it's straight up it could be end of 2023 yeah which that's like enough time to you know maybe take the same they, they've got the the foundation in base because they've made two spider-man games now um but they they really came out just saying like 2023 it's far away but here it is we are making it yeah um uh, wolverine has no release date mm-hmm. which makes me wonder where in this <laughs> this production cycle is it i'm assuming after spider-man so yeah that's the indication i got because the uh the playstation blog that came out after the showcase um spoke about both of these and they mentioned that uh wolverine uh is being led by the directors of miles morales miles morales yeah and that it is very early in production so my yeah. what that said to me was like this is after spider-man um it's um yeah oh my god what is this quality i'm guessing 2024 like yeah I, I think at the earliest i mean that's why this teaser was just like a pre-rendered thing i think it was just like mm. a we are making this type of thing what's interesting is that uh they did confirm that this wolverine exists in the same universe as insomniac spider-man um, we're having a whole different marvel universe <laughs> yep. which is just crazy my goodness my goodness let yeah. me tell you if you are if you're jonesing for a good Wolverine game, there's an old, the old movie tie-in for Wolverine Origins. That game, fucking great. That movie, terrible. Game is good. <laughs> game is like God of War Wolverine. It's great. I enjoyed it. So My go goodness. play that while you wait. Uh, uh, Gran Turismo Gran 7. Gran Turismo 7. Vroom, vroom. I cannot believe this game's it's, not out yet. <laughs> like, I mean. What is polyphony? Like, it, I get it. Games are hard, but wow, it has become... <laughs> An actual joke that polyphony <laughs> just takes for fucking ever with, with its games. So I mean, when it comes out, it it looks good, like yeah, it's super looks pretty. stunning. Um, it's... Car games boggle my mind because I play uh, Xbox have Forza, right? Um, yeah, but yeah. Th- these are these are fast paced, like sixty FPS games that just always look laugh like. There's just I don't know it's... they they get them right with they spend a long time crafting all of those cars and cramming um some polygons and whatnot into them that they look lifelike but it just still blows my mind how the these real. sort of details i mean i mean that's probably why it takes forever the the detail they yeah. pack into this is just next level uh to me but in the same vein um 
you know, Polyphony takes what feels like decades to put these out, whereas Turn 10 Studios for Microsoft... Oh, yeah, they're okay, pumping well, out Forza's. Forza Motorsport 7 was a while ago, but, like, they put out a Horizon every other year almost. So, you know, and I feel like even even um, Forza Motorsport, which is the better comparison to uh, Gran Turismo yeah. because they're both simulation, like, it's it's taken Gran Turismo's crown for many years now. So mm. I'm curious to see how Gran Turismo 7, the first big response to that, uh, shapes out because... Mm. I think Forza has really eaten the simulation racing's lunch yeah. uh, for years now. So yeah, it yeah. is. It just visually, I've never been it into Gran Turismo because I just find the whole license and simulation vibe not my thing. But if yeah. you're into this, that looks fucking incredible. I, like, I've got very fond memories of playing the first one and the second one on PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. That they were like they really were mind blowing. And and I get you. It, it's it's frustrating. You know, if you look, think of it now, like, oh, I've got to get licenses. I've got to sit mm. and, like, really save money and build my way up and customize my cars. But there's something also satisfying about that progression of, like, you work your way through, you know, earning your cars and driving to win money to buy the cars you want. Yes, um, yes. So yeah, but I, it, but I do hope pretty. they're a bit less... Because in the past, I felt like they're oh, very yeah, but, strict with that. Whereas yeah. Forza is a, a real celebration of it's cars. It's like, like yeah. from the get-go, it's like, you want the fast cars? Fuck it, you get the fast cars. Go, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, so we'll I'm, see. Keen. I'm, I'm keen to just load that thing up and see it on a and PlayStation. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marvel Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2. I was kind I mean, of surprised that this got a teaser we, so quickly. Yeah, so I was just going to yeah. say, like, we, we all know it's coming, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, they're going to make a Spider-Man 2. But I did not expect something so soon after Miles Morales. Like, mm. look, I know they've put a date in it and it's far, but they could have banked this for next year. Yeah. Like, 2022, they say, hey, here's Spider-Man. It's coming next year. And no, no one would be none the wiser. Um, this is part of my you know problem what? with this showcase, though, is that, like, all the things people say you know, all the things that are like, man, the showcase was incredible. We got Wolverine and Spider-Man 2. And the, all of that is so far away. It's far away. Like, it's yep. cr- The only thing that's like around the corner is God of War. Like, maybe. Mm. So, you know, we're going to be hearing of Spider-Man for the next two years and Wolverine for maybe the next three or four. Three. Just, <laughs> so, I don't know. But at the same time, I was just happy to see Miles and Peter uh, working together. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, a good, good little Venom teaser. Here. Listen, that voice before Venom was not Venom. It's, that sounds it's like Craven, hundred percent. Yeah. That that sounds um, like Craven the Hunter. Um, what but, what blows my mind is that um, I so in my head this I have no basis for this assumption, but in my head I see this franchise as like a trilogy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I expected the second game to be like here's Peter and Miles working together with you know another cast of iconic villains, but it feels like we've gone from you know from eight to like four million in terms of stakes. It's like no, yeah. now there's Peter, there's Miles, there's Venom, and I'm like, oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot like, happening. Yeah, is, yeah. Well, they they so, did yeah. tease Venom at the end of the first one. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Thirty second spoilers. But, you saw uh, Harry Osborn in a vat being kept alive and you saw the symbiote in there. So it was like, yeah. okay, Venom's coming. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, that, that design for Venom looks fucking incredible. Very um, cool. Mm. 
So I do I do wonder if in terms of story, if we have a similar thing of, you know, maybe Peter gets taken over by the symbiote and then Miles has to fight him or something. Like they've they've got room to I'm curious to see how they they balance that because they have said it's still a single player game, it's not a co-op game, but you Mm. will be playing as both. But I mean both of us have played both both of them now. They play very differently. Um You know, uh, especially Miles with his electric powers and uh, Peter mm. with more gadgets. Uh, more gadget so. stuff. Yeah. yeah uh, fun um, fact about that trailer, though. That trailer was completely rendered in-game on, on PS4. PS5. And they, on a PS4? Oh, on a P- PS5, sorry. PS5, yeah. Um, and I saw a comparison on Twitter. Someone took the CG rendered trailer for, I think it was... I don't know if it was the original Spider-Man or Miles Morales and compared it with this, and this one just looks like better and it looks real time so yeah crazy Mm -hmm. good time i'm keen to see what i mean rift apart was a hint uh of what a ps5 only exclusive can look like and it blew me away um yeah so yeah this but yeah early 2023 and i wouldn't be shocked Mm -hmm. if that ends up being 2024 yeah um and then the other big one god of war ragnarok yeah we we knew this was coming, mm. um, but we finally have an actual Again, again with- just to give context to Spider-Man, when we got a tease for God of War, it was originally coming out in 2021, and it was announced like middle of 2020. So like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't take these dates with like a huge grain it's of salt. The, yeah, a barrel of salt. Um, but God of War, uh, very excited for this. The... The God of War reboot in was it 2018? I can't believe mm, it's 20, yeah, it's ago, crazy really. to think about that. Eh? Um, this this is easily well, it was easily one of the best games I've ever played. Like mm. the fact that it looked that good, ran on a PS4, and like just what a great reboot of an iconic uh, PlayStation character. So sequel, and I'm not alone. Like sequel, very 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 highly anticipated by many fans so to see it finally it's like oh yeah very <laughs> yes. excited yes I, give me god of war this trailer got flack for okay it got flack for many things but for the, lots um, of things yeah i'm not going to give air to a lot of the dumb things but the thing i that struck me when i was watching it i was like huh this doesn't visually look that much better than the first one um and then i saw that sentiment like echoed on twitter but then i looked back and i looked at footage and the first god of war reboot still looks fantastic this Mm. one looks better like yeah in terms of detail and and color like it definitely looks better like i think because the game is so recent you have this memory of what it what it Mm. looks like in your brain but if you compare the two there's definite changes between them um yeah and this is still out on ps4 uh so you know there is that limitation but (sighs) there's definitely an improvement that it's not looking some people are really reductive and they're like, oh, it looks like DLC. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's I'm just like, okay, whatever, man. Um, like, yeah. Look, uh, it's it's an interesting thing because like, I'm very happy with Leviathan Axe and, you know, spoiler alert, the, the Chaos Blades. Um, but I'm just like, what what other moves do we get? What new weapons do we get, if any? I will um, put I'm money on see. you wielding Milnior. Beyond, yeah, point. 100%. Yeah. I mean, maybe we assume that and they're like, nah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like, yeah. No one, maybe. no one gets to do that. Um, but it's God of War. Like, 
this game is the the combat in this game it's oh, it's, oh, it's, it's so good, good man it, i love how atreus good. just got long he's just like a long boy now <laughs> it just he just grew his long cat now <laughs> so when i first watched this trailer i didn't know who tia was so it turns out Tyr oh, no. is the god of war Tyr. in Norse mythology. Yeah, but if if you so maybe it's worth reading up. Um, I don't know, like like a recap because he he features throughout, not features throughout, but he does pop up in the first God of War reboots. Oh, is it? Um, okay. Yeah, hundred percent, he pops up. Um, and yeah, he's he's here, and I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how they progress the story because. Obviously, this is a spin on Norse mythology. It's not, you know, I mean, even Norse mythology, it's not fact. Yes, of course. It's mythology. <laughs> it's mythology. Yeah. But it's like, there's obviously a take on this very much like, you know, Marvel's got a take on Thor. So I, I do want to know, you know, spoilers, if you haven't played God of War, I think it's it's been long enough, but Atreus is actually revealed to be Loki. Yeah. Um, which makes me wonder like, how what happens there's also you know people putting on tinfoil hats saying you know kratos is gonna die at some point in these games well so, they they have already confirmed that this is the final it's one in Nor the, the norse in norse yeah, yeah. which but I, mean, I found surprising to be fair yeah honest. yeah but i mean even that like they they linked this game to the greek mythology very smartly they're like no these worlds all persist together so mm. like i'm not worried about that they they close the chapter in this but like where mm. do they take it it's it's a, a mashing of all these different mythologies which is cool like i really really think it's awesome but, i would um yeah. if i was to put money on it i would say so firstly this game is not being directed by cory barlog um yeah i didn't know that sony santa monica had a tradition of switching directors between games because they find that it's very firstly taxing uh, to direct a game, um, but then also just for creative freshness. So Corey mm -hmm. Barlog is actually the first one in the studio's history to direct two entries um, yeah. in God of War. So he's apparently working on something. He, he's a producer on this game, but he's mm -hmm. also working on an unannounced project at Sony Santa Monica, which I assume will just be like pre-production. Yeah. So if I had to put money on this coming back, is that they end this with, the Norse stuff, and then we have mm. a break of God of War for a while. And yeah, Santa, we, Santa Monica is going to have something else uh, for the foreseeable future. Else, yeah. yeah, but just just on that, if you want to know how taxing game dev can be, I mean, God of War is the game it is because a lot of hard work went into it. Like there were many hours put into it, many sacrifices, and like I was very sad to learn, I think just this week, that Corey Barlog and his wife are actually separated. Um, yeah, and like one of the things I I saw is that he works very hard. I'm like, yeah, he cl clearly <laughs> he put a lot of work into leading that team. Mm. Um, just you know, some context on how hard game dev can be. Like it's it's no joke. It's and I mean a, a lot ha of the, hats off to yeah a, a lot of the story of uh, the reboot for uh, for God of War. I know Corey said in interviews. A lot of the themes of like fatherhood and and not being there stem from his own personal exactly, life and, yeah. and not being the father he wanted to be for his child. Like he's spoken yeah. about this quite openly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do not begrudge the the dude from taking a step back. 
at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, sorry. I, I so the, re- the reason I got into that, like tradition aside, like I'm not shocked that um, I think it's a ton you know, of work that he stepped down game. from being yeah. a director. But he's going to direct another game. <laughs> yeah, he's going to direct Sorry. something else. Yeah, but I, I do think I, I think that thing is like a pretty healthy habit. I mean, mm. you you compare that to Neil Druckmann, who did Uncharted like three, then four. Then oh no, the sorry, he, he did The Last of Us, then Uncharted four, and then Last of Us two, like back to back yeah. to back. Like that's, uh, that sounds horrible. I'm sorry. That just that sounds, sounds and, and I mean hardcore. he was doing them with Bruce Straley, and Bruce Straley then ended up leaving the company. It's just like I can't do this anymore. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That was but the PlayStation showcase. PlayStation showcase, real, real really exciting good. future yeah. for PlayStation, but cannot tell you when half those games are coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> They're coming out at some stage, but who knows when. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's fly through other news because we are short, long in the tooth here. Um, remember that uh, that Fortnite, well, that Epic and Apple lawsuit? Mm, um, that kind of resolved they, itself. On. They they both lost. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> essentially. <laughs> essentially, they both lost. Uh, I mean, you'll see a lot of headlines saying that Epic won, um, which in a way is sort of true, but... Uh, Put it this way, Epic had 10 counts uh, that they brought forward to the court. They only won one of them. Apple won nine. Mm. Uh, so yeah. definitely a, a landslide for Apple. The uh, yeah. the court uh, says that Epic failed to prove that Apple is monopolistic, which is, I think, mm. the big one. You know, It was sort of like a Hail Mary, but I think it's the one Epic mm. wanted uh, to get. And Epic will need to pay a few million dollars to Apple for breaking their um, contract last year, which is... Really like chump change for Epic at this point. Um, <laughs> they just sneeze like a minute worth of Fortnite, man. It really like, is. Ah. It's, like, it's like they need to pay like $12 million. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, the big thing that Epic did win and which could change the landscape for apps in general uh, is mm. a permanent injunction that uh, the judge um, threw down and it reads, yeah, I'm reading on uh, Eurogamer. Apple is permanently restrained and enjoined from prohibiting developers from including in their app uh, in their apps and their metadata button external links or other calls to action that direct customers to purchasing mechanisms. In addition to in-app purchasing and communicating with customers through points of contact obtained voluntarily from customers through account registration within the app. So what that really means and what we are trying to see now, what it does mean in terms of actual like consumer-facing um, options is developers no longer have to use the app store to do in-app purchases Mm, so in the past you could do like steam uh you could uh purchase games on steam but because those games didn't run on apple device it was fine um Mm. whereas something like xcloud because you were playing that game on um on an iPhone, they prohibited Microsoft from allowing people to purchase games on the app without paying the 30% royalty fee to Apple. And Microsoft yeah. was like, no. They're uh, <laughs> now they're barred from doing that. So the court has basically said, to my understanding, that apps can link out to external purchasing options from the app themselves. So it's different to a sort of Netflix where you could subscribe to Netflix through the app store and Apple gets their cut, or you can subscribe to Netflix on a web browser outside of it and still use Netflix on your phone. Now 
there will be an option within the Netflix app to say, I want to purchase outside of Apple's ecosystem. Yeah. Which is a big thing when you consider their royalty fees on the App Store are a $20 billion revenue for Apple year Mm. on year. It is 75% of their business. Yeah. So unsurprisingly, Apple is appealing this. Um, Yeah. More surprisingly, Epic is appealing the ruling because they want more of their (laughs) things. So basically no one won, but consumers seem to have won because this might change everything for apps. So. And the ruling is only going to be enforced in December. So that's when we'll see how this actually changes. Mm. Uh, I'm curious to see what Apple changes because I don't imagine they are very happy about this. Yeah. And they will come and say that all they're trying to do is protect their consumers. And yes, that's true in a way. Uh, But as the judge ruled, they are doing so without giving consumers the choice. They, Mm. They have to give consumers the choice. Uh, yeah, and right now Apple doesn't allow that choice; they just force you into one. So yeah, so we'll see. Cool, interesting, cool stuff, man. Um, last pieces of news. So interestingly, Arcane uh, working on a game called Raidfall. Um, Vampire Dishonored. Vampire, which Arcane is the Deathloop people, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're working on another game, and they've had some images leak of their next game redfall um i think uh, where did i see there there was some indication of what kind of game it might be but i mean it's it's early days like we we don't actually know Um, yeah i'm looking at the the images now it um i mean it's like a four player uh it's like a looter shooter yeah looter shooter it looks it looks like a lot of loot, lots of colored loot and whatever. Wow, they, these images are like gray sandbox levels as well. That's crazy. How did these mm. get out there? Um, Who knows? But interesting. Yeah, it I looks mean, like that, a very different game for Arcane, to be fairly honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still keen on this. This is coming out summer next year because uh, it's, it's Arcane Austin, so it's the another, American yeah. one. Um, yeah, and this will be the first one that is only on Xbox, on Xbox Game Pass, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then last piece of news, Tripwire CEO has, uh, is out after tweeting support for a Texas abortion ban. So uh, he tweeted out basically, I don't know if the tweet is in the story, but he essentially, I mean, if, if you don't know, um, Texas has had, had, had a real week um, with abortion laws. And he came out in support of it, which within, I guess, in 24 hours backfired. And yeah, he's he's gone from Tripwire. Um, I don't remember what he actually said, but it's essentially just like, uh, as someone who's, you know, in this industry, I'm going to make a stand, um, you know, good on Texas for mm. this this law. It was, um, which, it was something to that effect, yeah. Yeah, which got a, a huge amount of backlash Um uh, well, Tripwire specifically, like, came out with a statement saying, like, we in no way support what was said. Um, mm. Yeah, and mm. he's since, you know, no longer the CEO. So yeah, you had yeah. um, you had a studio because um, they they do they do obviously some um, development duty and publishing. So they were the developer of Man Eater and mm. Killing Floor, but they also publish games like Chivalry Two. Um, yeah. 
So Torn Banner Studios, the developers of uh, Chivalry 2, said we do not share the opinion expressed oh, in the recent tweet. Yeah. Okay. This perspective is not shared by a team, nor is it reflected in the games you make. Statement stands in opposition of what we believe about women's rights. There was another studio that said that after the tweet that they were working to cancel all of their contracts at Tripwire. Um, sure. I can't remember which one it is. It's not mentioned in the story here. And yeah, yeah. it was basically a, a day later, Tripwire said that uh, his comments don't He's... reflect that of the company and that he is stepping down effective immediately. Um, yep. Listen, people are going to scream cancel culture at this thing. Um, there's nothing stopping uh, John Gibson, the former CEO of Tripwire, from having that opinion. Uh, and there is nothing preventing people from not wanting to work with someone with those opinions. That is effectively how I see this and how the world works. And at the end of the day, this is a law that um, violates earlier, earlier rulings that were made in the Roe versus Wade case in America. And the U.S. justice system is suing Texas because of this. So yeah. this is not a, he has a different opinion. This is a hotly contested gross violation of women's rights. Yeah. And to be in support of that is frankly just unacceptable. It's, um, yeah, it's it's quite something. And if people do not want to work with something with someone like that, they are fully entitled to not be that, especially as a mm. private company uh, that does not need to, um, uh, you know, uh, take into account all of their shareholder opinions. So yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, Good we'll, riddance. No one we'll needs we'll that leave shit, yeah. we'll leave gaming news on on that note. <laughs> He's out. Yeah, he's out. Peace out. Um, they. It's really shitty because, like, very recently we spoke about how f- how much fun we had with Man Eater, you especially. Mm. And it's just like, fuck, man. It just you know? puts like a dampener. It's like it oh. does, <laughs> and it's and it's annoying as well because he's just one person in a studio of people mm. that pro. You know, maybe there's other people that studio that have the same opinion, uh, but maybe there's yeah. lots of women at that studio that go, "What the fuck, dude?" You know, like. Mm. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I, I, I think I, I was listening to, uh, yeah, it was the Giant Bombs podcast. And they were talking about this. And uh, they mentioned that someone brought up that it's quite an ironic view to have considering like at the beginning of Man Eater, the first thing that happens is a big mother shark is uh, forcibly brought aboard a ship and like mm. had a baby shark cut out of her. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah. the fuck is going on here like, <laughs> yeah yeah think about that some real shit going on there some real put that in your pop and smoke it <laughs> yeah but yeah that's anyway. that's gaming news for this week uh um, yeah we are uh to matty's uh disappointment skipping questions this week Mm-hmm. Um, I know Matthew well, to, loves the questions so much. both disappointments. Um, yeah, no, we, look, I didn't put out a a tweet because I knew we were talking about three new games or new things. Um, new things, and yeah. we And also the PlayStation Showcase is just going to take up a lot of time, which it did. I think our new segment is like 14 minutes, which is yeah. one of the longest we've ever had. <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, sorry, no, no questions this week, but don't worry. We'll we'll t- we'll field them next week. Don't we'll you worry. We'll make time for them if next you, week. If you yeah. if you send some in, don't worry. They'll be there next week. I, I'll see them. I've got eyeballs and all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. 
Um, but yeah, then I guess that means we are done with episode 160. Yeah, that is episode 160. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we had a great time playing all these games this week. And mm-hmm. uh, we will be back next week, hopefully with uh, some Deathloop impressions from good old Fig after you've had your yeah, pause well, on it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, maybe you'll have finished it by then. Hopefully. Who knows? Yes, Who hopefully. knows how long this game is? <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, have a thanks, great Kaz. week. And we will see you next week. Okay, mm-hmm. bye. Bye.